Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Brandy Taylor. Today's episode is really going to flush out some of the misconceptions we have around how our digestive system works and why it's so important to know this. I can't stress this enough. So I told you last week, I created a health protocol for this reason. And because I'm, I'm not kidding when I say I've just come across person after person after person, and it's just become so blaringly obvious how important it is for people to be taught. Because we're not, we were taught an old system that really has done a lot of harm to us. And I do believe we have become the greatest social experiment of our time. That's crazy, right? That's so crazy. But I didn't sign up for that. Did you? And I'm telling you, if you don't understand how food's working in your body, you are the social experiment. And yeah, I know I'm making such crazy bold statements and let me let me explain. Let me get into this for you. Okay. So today's episode, we are talking about the beautiful and glorious symbiotic hosts to a biome that we are. We are these beautiful hosts. Yes, like aliens. They have invaded our body or vice versa, whichever the case may be. <laughs> but we live together in harmony. And without these little bacteria, we do not function well. Actually, we die. And without, without us, they have no survival either. So I'm sure all of you have heard about streptococcus right? That's strep throat. Most of you have experienced this. It totally sucks. Hurts like a son of a bitch when you get it. Did I just say that? <laughs> it totally does. feels like someone's stabbing you in the throat with a nice pick. It's terrible. Um, I'm sure some of you have heard about E. coli and the E. coli outbreaks that we've had with food, right? Okay, so there's a reason for that. We actually have a bacteria within us called E. coli. Yep, it's in your gut. We have streptococcus. It's also part of the bacteria that make up us. Now, these bacteria in a normal setting, okay, where they're just hanging out, doing their thing, can be actually quite beneficial to us. But when they get overgrown, that's where we start to see really big problems or death, death, because these are not meant to be in large quantities, these bacteria with us. So... Let's talk about the microbiome. This is how we are hosts to a hundred trillion, yes, a hundred trillion bacteria that are on and in us. That's so many bacteria and so many different strains of bacteria. And some strains benefit us in great, great ways in larger quantities. And some strains do not benefit us in larger quantities. So we've just discussed two that obviously are not so great. No one likes strep throat. And it's, oh, oh no one likes strep throat. It's so horrible. So horrible. And same thing when these bacteria have moved into areas that they shouldn't. So 
most of you, actually, I think some of you know that I had um, a kidney infection, which kidney infections start differently. They're not your typical infection in the body. It's usually it starts from something else. So this was a bacteria that had moved from a place that is totally fine with us and moved into another place that it does not belong. Your beautiful little gut biome sits in your colon. That is your large intestine. And when they move out of this space and they move into the small intestine or they move um, or they, they multiply in areas that they shouldn't. So they've moved into, in my case, when I had the kidney infection, they had moved into the um, urethra and then from there it moved up into the kidneys or bladder or wherever some, some of these things happen. And then they become very, very problematic because they don't belong there. So you can see how these bacteria can be really troublesome within us, right? Now, let me explain how they become extremely helpful to you. So your gut biome, okay, so your microbiota, these are all these lovely little bacteria that are running around inside you, are doing all these great things. They help with your food absorption. They help with your immune system. They are literally a brain in your body signaling the production of serotonin. They help with many, many different systems within our body. So these guys are signaling up to the brain saying, produce this, uh, produce this chemical, produce this hormone, produce this. And the brain just facilitates. So some things are produced in the gut such as serotonin. And yes, if you know what serotonin is, it's one of your happy neurotransmitters. So we have a few neurotransmitters that really regulate our happiness or our drive to get up out of bed and do things or our motivation. Yeah. Now, when our gut biome is not functioning properly, again, we have an issue with, we can have an issue with serotonin. Serotonin is also linked to melatonin. Melatonin is what is released when you get, like when your body is shutting down for sleep and rest and repair, right? So if we are not getting tired or we're having problems going to sleep or we're having problems staying asleep, actually staying asleep is a little bit different, but when we're having problems going to sleep, that's your melatonin levels that are not functioning correctly. So melatonin and serotonin, they work hand in hand, these two. You absolutely might want to look at what's going on with your gut. Now, if you're carrying extra weight, you might want to look at what's going on with your gut. If you're getting sick regularly, okay, so I don't get sick. Yeah, I had an infection. My infection was caused by something else. This is not normally like I caught a flu or a cold. But if you find you are getting sick more often, okay, so the last time I was sick, sick with a flu, cold, that kind of thing. Mm, let's see. Okay, outside of this, that would have been, I did catch one actually, and this was a doozy when I did get sick. Um, so this probably would have been about a year, about a year ago, about a year ago. And that one, before that, I hadn't been sick in two and a half years. So, and that one was kind of an interesting circumstance. So, and this, this says a lot too about what's happening with you and what creates environments for us to get sick. 
stress obviously does create environments, but how we manage stress has a lot to do sometimes with what's going on with our serotonin, what's going on with our thyroid, what's going on with our adrenal glands. All these little systems in the body, when they're functioning well, allow us to manage things much, much better than when they're not functioning well, right? Okay, so let's go back to the biome. Let's get into what it is. So we know that it's lots of bacteria. We know that there are multiple strains. We know that a good, healthy biome. So think of this like a bunch of people at a party. Every strain is a different person. Okay, so every different kind is a different person at the party. When you have a very good mix of people, they all get along, right? Everybody's having a really good time. And then we have our little players like E. coli and, and Streptococcus. And we have some players that come into the mix, but in small quantities, it's not really a big deal. They're just hanging out in the corner brooding. Or, you know, people are just accepting of them because they're, hey, they're the grumpy guy, but, or they're the guy that tends to say things inappropriately or, or whatever, the person, the woman, the whatever, right? They're that one. But they're not, there's not too many of them, so it's not a big deal. Now, when we have a healthy culture, okay, we have a healthy party, everybody's happy. Some of those strains make sure that you stay nice and lean. They make sure that, yes, and I did say nice and lean. Fascinating what happens actually when your, when your gut biome changes, um, we put on weight or vice versa, or we lose it, we drop it. And with no work, no effort, no working out, no craziness, it just starts to shift. Um, okay, so going back to our lovely little party, when you bring in things like probiotics and prebiotics, I'm sure you guys have heard about these because there's talk about this all over the place, right? When you bring in probiotics and prebiotics, and no, I'm not talking about yogurt. Yogurt almost never has enough for an app, like for a, a change to your biome. It helps support it. So it becomes, it's a probiotic, but the quantities are too little. So it becomes more of a prebiotic. It helps feed them. It helps keep them healthy. And what's in um, yogurt is usually lactobacillus, which is a type of strain that's really healthy for us. It's really healthy for us, and it manages weight amongst some other things. It helps with the immune system, actually, and that's something that's really uber important, and I'm going to explain that right now, how your immune system works in the body when it comes to your bacteria, okay? So we have our lovely little party going on inside. These guys create a natural barrier between the gut lining, well, in the gut lining, okay? So and it's this mucus layer. So think of it kind of like kind of like a window that's now been smeared with a bunch of mucus. And if it's healthy, it's a lot of mucus. Like it's a good it's a good portion of mucus. So now that window is smeared pretty well. On the other side of that window is your immune system. So think of it this way. Your immune system, what's its job? Its job is to attack things that don't belong in your body. That's the job of the immune system. It's to clear out things that are not working. And especially foreign bodies. Guess what these bacteria are? Foreign bodies. So when these bacteria are producing this lovely little layer of mucus, okay, so they've clouded up the window. On the other side of the window 
our lovely little defense can't see that there's a party going on inside. They've got the blinds closed. No one can see it. So this is great. Everybody's functioning, doing their own thing the way they're supposed to be. (laughs) Now, when certain bacteria overgrow, okay, so these are the ones that are not doing such great things for your body. They don't produce the same levels of this mucus. They don't do the same things in the body. And now we have less and less and less barrier. And now our immune system sees, okay, so there's now what what's considered leaky gut. Leaky gut also has to do with the absorption of um, vitamins and minerals and your ability to do that. But leaky gut is that layer no longer there to the level that it needs to be to keep you healthy. Okay, so the blinds are now kind of open and your attack system, your immune system, white blood cells go, hey, I see you. You don't belong here. I need to get rid of you. And this is an interesting response when it comes to us and our bodies. So here we are with our lovely little party. Everything's going great. And now the body begins to attack itself. So those white blood cells are coming in and they're attacking itself. I want to talk about something else too that's really important is inflammation. So I said we're a big social experiment. This is what I mean by that. In the late 70s, there was a research project that was done about fats, fats in our diet. And the conclusion to that project or that, that test was that fats were bad. Now, the funny thing is our brains are made up of two third fats, right? And there's a lot of things that happen when we ingest fats in our body. If it's being absorbed correctly, we function extremely well with fats. Now, Fats, carbohydrates, and, um, and your proteins, okay, so your three main macros, um, when you're dealing with those, the quantities by which you eat these change how your body utilizes them, especially if you're not extremely active, which is us over these last 50 years as well, okay? So late 1970s, fats become bad, okay? So fats are taken out of the main food supply, in processed foods. Okay, they're reduced to and they're reduced to very very small levels. We get into the diet food era and what replaces it? Sugar. <laughs> now, sugar does some very interesting things in our body. And this I I I'm very excited actually to bring you the conversation around sugar next week. So I'm not going to get too too much into that, but sugar in the body creates inflammation. So we have an inflammatory response to too much sugar. And honestly, the quantity we eat today is, it's honestly startling. And before I made changes to my diet, I have to admit, I honestly, truly believed, truly believed. I ate really good. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and more vegetables than fruit. Um, I'm a clean eater, but I was eating processed foods. Didn't really think anything of it. Didn't think I ate that much, you know, until I started tracking and until I made some changes. And then I was horrified (laughs) with what I realized, how much sugar I was taking in on, on a um, per meal or per day basis um, in ways that I hadn't even expected. Now, okay, so now I'm, I'm 
pretty adamant about making most of my own food. Like I, I cook pretty well everything I eat. Um, and as much as that seems like a crazy idea, and I know for a lot of you, you're like, I'm too busy. I, I don't have time to, you know, cook for an hour or whatever. I'm lucky if I got 15 minutes, enough time to throw something in the oven, right? Or something, pull something out of the freezer and throw it in the microwave. Okay, I promise you, over this next little bit, we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about um, cooking. Uh, most of my meals are 15 to 20 minutes long. Like that's how long it takes me to cook them from start to finish. And they're healthy. And I, I, I am absolutely fueling this machine in the best way I can. So let me get back to our social experiment. So we changed this. We put sugars into our diet, which causes inflammation. Now, prolonged inflammatory diets. This is where I think the social experiment has come and why I think we are the social experiment. So when we look at prolonged inflammatory diets, we have seen massive uptakes in diabetes. I, I actually, I wonder how many of you, how many of you know someone who's diabetic type two? Or how many of you know some more than one that's diabetic? I can honestly say I know numerous people who are diabetic and it is Almost, almost, not always, because type 1 is different. It's the body's inability to produce insulin, or it's producing too little insulin. More often than not, it's producing none. But um, type 2 is insulin resistance now gone awry. So, and insulin resistance happens with a diet, a diet that has too much sugar in it. Now, sugar can come from many different forms. We'll talk about that next week. I don't want to get into this. But what I do want to say is the inflammatory diet. So inflammatory diets over long periods of time create a lot of havoc because what they're doing is that lovely little biome that sits in your gut is no longer healthy. You're feeding more of the stuff that you don't want and not feeding the strains that you do want. So healthy strains keep you healthy, right? These there are strains that will absolutely keep you more in line with the body that you want, the mental state that you want, the energy that you want, the happiness that you want, your sex drive that you want. Yes, I know it affects so many things. It's so crazy to think all of this starts in your gut. So if you're experiencing anxiety, if you're experiencing depression, if you're experiencing like inflammatory bowel disease or inflammatory bowel response um, uh, syndrome. If you're experiencing diabetes, if you are experiencing, there are so many inflammatory response diseases. Honestly, the very first thing you should look at is your gut biome. Now, some doctors are up to snuff on, on the biome or the microbiota and a lot are not. And this is, uh, this is, hopefully moving into mainstream because it's not like this is new research. It's not. This has been around and research that has been very well um, attested to over the last 15 years, 20 years. Like we're moving well into this should be mainstream. And we will get to a point where you can truly understand, okay, so I'm experiencing these symptoms. 
right? I'm depressed. The very first thing you want to check, very first thing you want to check is your microbiome. What are you eating? It's the first thing I ask people when I come across, I have constipation issues all the time because 25% of your poop, yeah, I said poop, 25% of your poop is your bacteria that have been used up and are now going out as waste. 25%. (laughs) That's 25% of your poop. (laughs) So if we look at our microbiota, okay, so if you look at your biome and there's some things that have gone awry and you have weight yo-yoing, because seriously, I'm not kidding. Your weight is absolutely controlled by your gut biome. Absolutely controlled by your gut biome. It's fascinating, the research behind it. They have literally taken a biome from a very healthy mouse and put it, introduced it to a very fat, obese mouse, and that mouse will lose all the weight once it's introduced. Shocking, right? And this is not meaning that you have to go out and work at, work out at the gym and be a crazy maniac and none of the stuff, none of the stuff is what's going on with what you're eating and what's healthy. So something to know too about a microbiome, depending on what you crave, that is your biome telling you, okay? So it's saying, hey, hey, feed me. All the time it's saying feed me. So what your body craves, what you think you want to eat really isn't you. It's your biome. And it's your biome saying, I need more of me. So if your culture, okay, people at the party are the nice friendly ones that you want to have in there, you're going to be eating pretty healthy food. You're going to crave the things that help feed it and keep it strong, which means that there's lots of them around. Same thing goes with the other stuff. So interesting, interesting discovery I've made since this. And there's a lot of questions I have around this. And I, there's a few doctors I, I really want to talk to you down in the States um, that are specialists in this field of work and this uh, definitely pioneers um, in the earlier studies that were done and some incredible results that have come from this. Um, but I wonder this. So when I was pregnant with my first, I craved nothing but healthy food because that's how I ate at that time. And I shouldn't say nothing but healthy food, but mostly healthy food. Uh, You know, like I ate lots of, like I said, I ate lots of fruits and vegetables and that's what I craved. And I, you know, I ate sushi and um, I craved healthy things. (laughs) Now with my second, oh my God, was it not like that? If you could have just given me cake to eat every day or cinnamon buns more specifically, actually, I loved baked, baked goods, bread, cinnamon buns, um, anything that was baked, anything that was white flour, guess what white flour is? It's, it's basically breaks down into an easy sugar, right? So our body is utilizing it and it's feeding very specific strains. So there's an outcome to this. I ate it like with that pregnancy, it was a mental gymnastic workout on a day-to-day basis to not eat garbage. And let me tell you, the cinnamon buns won more often than not, which is so not cool. (laughs) So not cool. And what happens when those strains get out of, we already talked about what happens when those strains get out of um, proportion to what is healthy and working with us. You gain weight. You can't drop it. You are lethargic 
lethargic. Your thought processes aren't the same. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that so much is changing inside your body because your gut biome is off? Right? It seems so crazy what the gut biome governs. Again, it's a we're a symbiotic host. These guys are signaling they are another brain in our body. And if we don't recognize that, we don't know the power they have inside us. It's amazing and totally crazy all at the same time. It's amazing and totally destructive at the same time if we don't know how to make sure that we are working together as the symbiotic relationship that we should and could be. So we know that cravings start there. We know that inflammatory responses in the body for long periods of time create a whole plethora of health issues. A whole plethora of health issues. If you experience things like allergies, if you are experiencing things like asthma, if you are experiencing, I know it seems crazy, right? How about arthritis, joint pain, headaches, migraines? I used to get migraines all the time. And I, I honestly, for you people out there that suffer migraines, it's torturous. Migraines are those things. They're not headaches. Oh, no, no. They take headaches to a level that no one wants to experience ever. You can't see properly. You feel like you're going to throw up all the time, or you do. Um, it's Your head feels like it's literally trying to explode or implode. Um, I Like light hurts. Everything is just horrific, or that's how I used to experience them. And I know people that have migraines experience similar similar symptoms. Migraines are terrible and absolutely related to inflammation. So when we get our bodies into a response system that is no longer inflammatory, it's actually just everything's flowing the way it should be. Everything's moving around the way it should be. Blood flow is good. Instead of creating havoc in our bodies, we are now functioning at our optimum. So does this get you excited? Does this Does this take you down a path of, holy shit, I got way more control over this than I thought I did? I'm not kidding. I assumed because that's kind of what we're taught. We're conditioned to believe that a lot of these things are as you age, you, you can get cancer, you can get diabetes, you can get dementia and dementia scares the crap out of me. So when I was doing, um, one of my certifications uh, when I was in finance, We were really fortunate to have this woman come in and talk to us about, I'm just wondering, did I talk to you about this last week? (laughs) I might have. Anyways, if I did, I'm sorry, I'm just going to repeat it really quick. But we had this woman come in and talk to us about dementia. And seriously, I was freaking petrified. (laughs) And then I had been reading shortly after about the gut biome and dementia, Alzheimer's specific, okay? Alzheimer's is an inflammatory disease that affects the brain and it's incurable. And my immediate response when I first started reading about the gut biome and really, really digging in was, holy shit, I control this. I I have the ability, I have the ability to make these changes so I don't experience this later on in life. And when you witness people go from normal to being diabetic, people going from normal to having um, Alzheimer's. It's something that 
you think to yourself, I never want to experience that ever. Never, 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 never. And if I have control over that, and it's not even a matter of, I'm not taking a pill. I'm being proactive in my life. And sometimes these are hard choices to make because it's easy for us to stay in what we're in. I get that. I really get that. It's not that hard to make this change to the gut biome. I teach this. I teach you how to eat, to feed the gut biome so it's nice and healthy. You will truly be in the best health of your life. And honestly, if you don't want that from me, that's fine. Find someone who knows this stuff. It's funny because I've talked about keto before. I talked about the ketosis diet. The ketosis diet feeds the biome in a very nice way. And I am a hardcore believer in, in the keto diet. However, I'm a hardcore believer in making sure that the biome is healthy and this is my means to doing it. Keep What works for you works for you. But if you continue to eat things that cause inflammation in the body, if you continue to feed the biome that's unhealthy for you, and trust me, again, it's not even you who wants this. It's them signaling you to eat it. It's not even you. Because you... The, the you, not the them, you would never do something that's going to hurt you over the long run. Not like this. And honestly, your gut biome normally doesn't want to hurt you, but they don't think like that because they're not thinking. It's survival. They have functions and they're there to survive and thrive. If you don't want to take this from me, that's fine. But find someone who knows this or start reading up on the gut biome. Everything for me started with a book. Everything for me started with a book called um, Brain Maker. It is written by a neurologist. Now you'd think to yourself, why would a brain doctor write about the gut biome? Because the gut biome governs so much things that are happening in our brains. They govern the health in our body. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I say this out of so much love for you guys. Please <laughs> come to me, start reading, um, do a little research on the gut biome. Don't, oh, really quick, super important piece of information. If you choose, okay, if you choose to start down this road and you don't get governance from someone, which you sh- sort of should, you, you really need to have some information on how to do this, just like the ketosis diet. It's not like, hey, I just eat a bunch of fat and I'm good. Y- you need to eat clean, <laughs> but you can eat clean and healthy and happy and still enjoy desserts. I love my sweets, um, but I do it in a healthy way. But when you do this, don't be switching up your bio or your, um, your probiotic. If you choose to take a probiotic, which you can you can go at it two ways. You can take a probiotic, you can take pre prebiotic. You don't typically take the two together unless you're very early, early in the stages of changing over your gut biome. But trust me, your food does this with you. So I take a probiotic. I take a high um, high unit probiotic and I take a very specific one because I'm looking for certain strains and I want to make sure that these strains are there. 
variety in your strains is important. So you don't want to take one that's only got a couple strains. You also want to know what your strains are because each strain does something different, right? Each person at the party comes with a different personality and they do different things. So you want to kind of know that. And, and then you don't want to mix that up too much because then sometimes you can have the party changing too much and then you're creating a new culture and some of those people coming to the party aren't so friendly. Now, something else to know too, um, your antibacterial soaps and stuff like that, I would be cutting those out as much as absolutely humanly possible. Because again, the bacteria we have on and in us keep us healthy. So the more we remove them, we become a sterile environment. That sterile environment allows other bacteria to show up and there's no bacteria to fight them before they move into the body. And then we have our immune system that has to fight them, right? So you want to have that nice little protective layer on you. That's why when we ate dirt as kids, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> there's bacteria in dirt. <laughs> so definitely use soap and water. Wash your hands well. That'll clear off most of the bacteria. But you don't want to Really, the antibacterials are, I wouldn't use any of that ever if I were you. But that's me. That's me. Make your own choices. The only place I think I'd ever use that is if I had absolutely no choice and no access to soap and water and I needed to clean. It was the only time I'd ever use it. And even then, I'd question it. I might, like if I got access to water, I'd just rub my hands really hard. <laughs> um, and an uber, uber, uber. If you leave here with nothing else, leave here with this uber important piece of information to take with you. When you take probiotics, you are wiping, or sorry, not probiotics, anti, antibiotics, anti, meaning no more, right? We are taking bacteria out of our systems because we've got something that's going on and we're fighting it, right? When you take those, you're wiping out a lot of your gut biome. And remember, this keeps us healthy. So you want to replace your gut biome back again with probiotics. Yogurt is not going to do this. There's not high enough quantities in your yogurt. Your yogurt is a prebiotic in quantity wise, and especially after you've taken antibiotics. So when I went through my lovely kidney infection, I doubled up on what I normally take because I needed to pound them back in. I didn't take them during the whole um, time I was taking the antibiotics because really I'm clearing them out. You're throwing money down the toilet. So do, I, 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 don't see, I don't see why you would ever take probiotics at the same time or eat yogurts or like all this stuff that supports the gut biome. Why you do this when you're taking antibiotics? I, I don't really get it. Other than your antibiotics tend to be more strain, uh, certain strain specific well, ish, or you take broad spectrum. It depends which type of antibiotic you're taking. But I literally was on a broad spectrum and then a very specific type of antibiotic and I didn't take anything all the way through that. And when I was done, I absolutely started pounding in the probiotics because I want to reestablish my gut biome and I want to make sure it's healthy. Now, prebiotics, probiotics, sorry, I said prebiotics, I meant probiotics. Prebiotics are the food that feeds your gut biome. Okay, so probiotics are the gut biome itself. They're the bacteria. 
prebiotics are what feed it. So the things that help it stay nice and healthy. So things like, yeah, I'm going to say some things that some of you would be like, that's disgusting. Okay. Some of you like kombucha. Some of you don't. Some of you like um, kefirs, which is basically like a runny yogurt. So it's drinkable. I make my own. I find it delicious. Actually, it's honestly like dessert in a cup. Um, so kefir, um, yogurt, but plain yogurt because you don't want all the sugars that you're getting from the process that they, when they add the flavoring to it. Um, and you want fats in there. You don't want to be eating zero fat foods. Fats are requirements in the body. Now, if you're eating too many carbs, again, you're feeding a different type. You're feeding different strains in, in your gut biome. And again, I, I, I can't help but lean back to this. If you are carrying extra weight, your gut biome is the first thing you should look at. If you get sick regularly, and when I look at getting sick regularly, someone who gets sick a couple times a year or three times a year or four times a year, you're getting sick regularly. Honestly, when you start really looking at your biome and when you really, really get that healthy, you just don't get sick. You just don't get sick. You might get something, you might get something like an infection. And again, even that rare, rare, everything should be so rare because your body is functioning how it should. These guys keep us healthy. Um, so make sure that you replace that and then make sure that you eat the foods that help you. So I said um, kefir and kombucha, krauts, krauts. There are, yeah, so sauerkraut, yes. But there are lots and lots of different krauts that are out on the market now that are absolutely delicious and you can eat these with pretty well anything. So fermented foods and fermented foods that use a, um, a combination, or it's usually got bacteria in it. What else is, oh, um, artichokes, Jerusalem artichokes, delicious. Um, yakima, totally love that. Um, I make yakima fries. They are delicious, delicious, and very, very good for the gut biome. So there are definitely foods that support a healthy biome. And when you eat these, it helps the good strains stay nice and healthy and nice and plentiful. If you want help learning about the biome, learning about the best shape of your health, learning about at any age, at any age, how you can improve your health, contact me. There's details in the show notes. Um, I'd be very happy to help you because it is my mission. This is my mission to give people back their lives, take them out of the imprisonment of what they have experienced for so long, thinking that this is the way it is. Giving up on the most spectacular life you can live. And this is the one thing I didn't talk about. Um, so I've read up a fair amount on autophagy, which is the body's way of kind of cleaning out the used up damaged cells. So the ones that no longer function well and regenerates new healthy ones. Okay. So there's lots that comes along with this study and this, this line of study or this line of science. But one of the things that they talk about is longevity. And when they look at different cultures who have had long, healthy lives, 
what makes them different and why aren't we living like that? Why is it that different places in the world have these massive discrepancies between how we age? Why are we aging with so many illnesses and why are other cultures aging and getting like still active, healthy, energetic lives into their 90s? Yes, into your 90s. That was shocking to me when I started really looking at what was possible. So if this is something that interests you, contact me. Click the link in the show notes and I am happy to take you on this journey to the best health of your life. Should you choose not to, that's yours too. Take whatever information you've got in this, start researching or adapting it. Use it. Take this series and take at least one thing from every one of these episodes and do something with it. Even one thing will help create the changes that you want to experience in your life and will start the snowball effect. With so much love, I send to you guys, oh my goodness. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking to Kathy Orman, who wrote The Sugar Switch. Very excited to be talking to her. And you guys will learn a lot about sugar. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Oh, sweet sugar, baby. How much I love sugar and how much I've learned to adapt recipes that have sugar and so that I feed my body without actually hurting it. Yep, keep the healthy biome and still get to enjoy things like cheesecake. (laughs) And oh, last week I made the most spectacular, I'm sorry, I know I'm, I'm closing off, but I have to tell you this. I made the most spectacular walnut bark. So it's like this walnut toffee sandwiched between two layers of chocolate. Let me tell you, that was so spectacular. My kids and I went crazy on it. It was delicious. And I'm going to make some more. But these are ways, yeah, it sounds totally crazy, right? Sounds like that's not healthy. But everything in that feeds a healthy biome. It can be done and we can still enjoy really great yummy foods that we thought we'd never be able to have in healthy ways that absolutely keep you lean and keep you functioning at your best, best peak performance. All right. On that note, till next week, beautiful peeps. Cannot wait to talk to you again about sugar and about a healthy life. And until then, have an absolutely extraordinary week.